just, just while I rearrange notes here, which uh, have uh, got a bit unsettled, um, let me just say that uh, I thought it's great that this all fell apart at the beginning, wasn't it? Just to remind us we're broken people, we're in a broken world, side by side. I mean, none of that was planned, it just happened. I don't know where I am now in my talk before I've even started, um, but it's a, it's a delight to be here. Um, so encouraging that a church do want to, to look at this material and to grow in this kind of everyday caring culture. Um, Brian and Heather have been such an encouragement to me also in this kind of, of work. Um, look, looking forward today to, to, uh, to, to having conversations with, with hopefully many of you. Um, I, I know you've already seen my face. Um, that, that video was not my idea, can I say to you? Um, it, it took about 30 goes to get that video done. Um, I've never been so nervous in front of an inanimate object in my life. I kept, you know, sounding nervous, getting words fumbled. Um, finally, when I sent off to Brian the best of a bad bunch um, of, of, uh, of goes at it, I got this email back to say, great, a young David Attenborough. You know, not, you know, Brad Pitt or, you know, something like that. <laughs> David Attenborough, you know, I'm not sure if he was trying to encourage me with, with, with that. So, of course, it kind of, that started a kind of a, you know, this little backwards and forwards with the emails as we're emailing about the whole um, conference. And I would say, hi, Brian, David Attenborough here. And he would email something back. So in one of his emails at the end of it, he said, um, Looking forward to welcoming you to the wildlife at Windsor. Um, and it kind of set me, me thinking, actually, um, because it, it is a jungle out there. Um, we, we live in a world where there are threats. There are, there are savage people um, at times in, in our lives who make life hard and difficult. At times it feels like you're hacking your way through every day of life. It's a jungle out there. And sometimes church is like a bit of a jungle as well. Um, Paul, doesn't he say, I think it's in Galatians, about biting and devouring one another at times. It can happen in relationships. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And yet, there's also that, that wildness that's in our hearts. There's that wildlife of remaining sin that's in there and at us as well. And so there's a sense in which we are a needy people because there's a jungle out there and there's a jungle in here and we need the Lord in the midst of it. And all of that then is a seamless transition into what we're going to think about this morning. As you face that jungle, where do you turn? Where do you turn day to day, moment by moment, as you face that jungle? Now, why start a, a conference that's about helping relationships in the horizontal, if you like? Why, why start a conference like this on turning to God in our need? Um, why do we, th why when we're thinking about one anothering and everyday care for each other, why, why then do we think first of all about prayer to God? And the reason is that our horizontal relationships 
all begin vertically. And it's a really important principle to get as we start our day. Side by side starts vertically. Your relationship with the Lord overflows into your everyday relationships with others. Now, we could multiply examples as to in Scripture to illustrate that, that principle. It's a fundamental principle there throughout Scripture. We see it, for example, in the two great commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's a reason for that order in those commandments. John, uh, in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 10, says, if someone says, I love God, but then hates his brother, he is a liar. There cannot be a disconnect between loving our God and hating our brother. If we're hating our brother, then we are not loving our Lord. This fundamental connection between the vertical and the horizontal. And so in a very real sense, side by side starts with your heart's relationship with the Lord. We can't be begin to think about turning to others in their need until we realize we have need and are turning to the Lord with that. Now we are needy and we are always turning somewhere. Um, how do you respond to the hard things in your life? Where do you turn? Where do you turn as you're facing that jungle day by day? This year, as I was returning from summer leave, I made a fatal uh, mistake. I decided that it was a good idea to um, return to work, return to counseling, and have the children return to school all on the same day, uh, which was a bad move. There was a sense of of just feeling overwhelmed by everything. Going back into work, the ream of emails and work that had to be caught up on. There was a sense of, of just feeling there was too much. Uh, what, what can I do here? What solutions can I find? I need to keep up, I need to get this done, I need to get that done. And as I was busy trying to stress my way through that, that day, I was failing to do the most fundamental thing. Failing to cast care upon the Lord, failing to turn to Him, failing to put faith in the one who was looking after all of the demands of that day. Casting my care upon the Lord, who cares, who is truly carrying those burdens and cares. And that affected then how I was responding to those pressures of that day. How I was responding to trouble was a vertical issue for me. Let's turn together to Psalm 22. It's in your notebooks. Let's, let's read that together to see this illustrated in, in Scripture. Now, as we, as we read down this psalm together, what I want you to be, be thinking about and noticing is where the psalmist is turning his attention at each part. You'll see as you read down it, there are various parts to the psalm, and I want you to be thinking about where the psalmist is turning his attention at various points. So let's read this together. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord deliver him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near. There is no one to help. Many bulls are surrounding me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me and pour it out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord... Do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. And I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the world will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Amen. Now, I want you to keep in your minds, just as you've gone through that, where we've seen that psalmist turning, and we'll come back to it again in a moment. For now, we see in that psalm, and you know from your own lives, that life is hard. You are a needy person, and your life is hard at all kinds of levels. This diagram is really a snapshot of you. It's a snapshot of your life, just in a diagrammatic form. Let me just explain it to you. At the center there, we have your, your heart. Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment, but that's the real you, the part of you that relates to God. 
and then you live in a situation. The most immediate part of your situation is your body, and your body is fallen. We all know what health difficulties are like, for some short-lived, for others more chronic in pain or disability. There's the normal wear and tear of aging, hormonal changes, minor injuries, fatigue, terminal illness, everyday tiredness. There's just that range of difficulty because we live in fallen bodies. And life can be hard because we live in those bodies. In Psalm 22, the psalmist was describing that when he talked about his strength being dried up and um, being poured out like water. He's almost saying there, you know, I'm just turning to jelly in the midst of all of this trouble that I'm facing. Our bodies are fallen. And then, of course, next circle out, we live in this world, this fallen world, this jungle that we've been describing, where there are, are trials, where there are losses, where there are hardships, there are things that come at us, illustrated um, colorfully there in, in Psalm 22, as the psalmist faces all of those things. And within that world, there are things like relationships, which can be a blessing, but also a difficulty. We suffer tensions in our relationships, conflicts. We have to, to bear with people who, who rub us up the wrong way. We have enemies, those bulls of Bashan at times that come in against us and make life difficult, hard, life hard for us. Um, there are those around us who are in need, uh, those needing care, help, relationships, children, relatives, and so forth. There's our work as part of of. of the, the fallen world that we live in, the pressure, the demands, the, the disagreements with colleagues are just the everyday grind. And then outer circle again, we live in a world of, of spiritual beings. We must never forget that. Um, all around us, there is that roaring lion working, weaving his way through all of these situations in life, tempting, lying, causing doubt, uh, sowing seeds of, of murder, um, at, his, in, at, at his work of darkness all around us. And then, of course, that outer circle, we have the Lord who is over all. And at any given point in time, that is your life. That's what's going on in your life. And life can be hard at every level, those arrows, uh, life coming in at us. And as life is coming in at us, we are always responding always responding from that heart that is central to it all. The heart in, in Scripture is the real you. Um, it's given different terms in the Bible, soul, spirit, mind, inner person, but really all of them capturing that spiritual center of your life, that part of you that is always worshiping something, relating to the living God or relating to something other than the living God. And from that heart, all of life flows. It's back to that idea that from the vertical, the horizontal flows. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of your life. Your life issues from that spiritual center. Your heart is the fountainhead from which the rest of life flows. Those responses to life whether you're in work or in your home or talking with your friend or wherever, all of those responses are flowing from your heart. We are actively responding people, actively responding to all of these layers of life. 
and we are either turning to the Lord or we are turning to other things. And that's the point. As we actively respond to life, we are either turning to the Lord or we are turning to other things. And there's a sense in which when, when trouble comes in life, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a conversation that, that, that breaks out between those responding hearts and the circumstances that we are facing. So circumstances then be, begin to speak, uh, as they did for me a few weeks ago in that illustration. You know, you're, you're back at work. My heart responds, this is hard, there's too much to do. My body's beginning to speak as well because I'm feeling stressed. My heart's responding again, I want out of this. The devil might chip in and say, you're weak and you're useless and does God really care anyway? And then in the midst of it all, God is also speaking. If I take time to listen and to turn to him. And God in situations like that is saying many, many things from his word. For example, in, in my situation, he's saying, I am with you. I am your Lord. I'm in control of this day and its demands for you. Rest in me. God is speaking as well. There's this inner conversation happening as circumstances speak, your heart responds. God is speaking, your heart responds. And we see that in Scripture. We see it in um, Psalm 22 again, and you can follow it in, in your book. Let me just give you a quick outline. I haven't put it all up there, but it's, I put it up there for a reason. It'll become clear in a moment. Um, so verses 1 and 2 in that psalm, as you look at it there, you know, God, why have you left me? And then faith kicks in. You are holy, Lord, in verse 3. And verses 4 and 5, you've looked after us in the past. But then you see how his heart begins to turn away again. Verse 6, but I'm a nobody. And then 6 to 8, I'm in a hard place. I'm being mocked by other people. And then verses 9 and 10, it's almost like it turns back to the Lord again. But, but you've looked after me from birth. Don't be far away. And then 12 to 13, back to the circumstances. I'm surrounded by threats and stresses. 14 and 15, I'm just feeling awful in the midst of this. And then down to verse 19, but Lord, help me as you've done before. And then, of course, they see the progression through the Psalms. He gets to that end as, as faith has moved through this stressful situation. And at the end of the Psalm, then, he's beginning to testify before the congregation. The Lord has helped me. Let me share that with you and encourage you. Do you, do you get a sense then of that back and forth conversation that's happening. Let me just illustrate it there a bit further. You see it there at the beginning, the heart crying out there in need, in the red, and then God speaking and the heart beginning to, to acknowledge that and trust in that. But then the heart cries out again in need, I'm a worm and not a man. And then circumstances begin to speak. The people are against me and they're mocking me. And then again, that turning to the Lord, but Lord, you've taken me out of the womb and on you I was cast from the birth. You've looked after me. The heart, though, cries out, be not far from me. And then back to the circumstances, trouble is near. I'm surrounded by threat. The heart cries out again in need, Lord, don't be far off. Again, faith kicks in, you have rescued me, and so forth. That backwards and forwards of your actively responding heart. Are you turning to the Lord in the midst of the hard circumstances of your life. 
Look at what happens when we fail to turn to the Lord. Look at what happens when we begin to, if you like, clip that, that turning to the Lord out of the psalm. Look at what we're left with. I'm forsaken. I'm groaning. I find no rest. I'm a worm and not a man. I'm scorned. I'm despised. All who see me mock me. I'm far away from help. Trouble is near. None to help. I feel terrible. I'm poured out like water. My strength is dried up. Dogs are encompassing me. Do you see what happens when we, when we fail to turn to the Lord? The darkness of that, the the hopelessness of that, the unbelief of that, and how it then leaves us turning to try and find refuge and help in other things. You see, we are always turning somewhere in the midst of everyday situations and everyday struggles. Are we responding in faith and turning to the Lord, or are we failing to turn to the Lord and turning to other things? And that's where, just as we we draw to a close here, I want to be then encouraging you. Turning to Jesus, who knows us and longs to hear our hearts cry. How How could we sing what we sang this morning and not believe that Jesus knows us and longs to hear our hearts cry? How could we sing about how he came and died for us and bore our sins and not trust that He is a Lord who loves us and wants to hear what's on our hearts. And yet we don't always turn to the Lord in those moments, um, as I feel to do in my return to work. Hosea 7, 14, we see it there. Uh, The Lord says of his people, they do not cry to me from the heart, but wail upon their beds. For grain and wine, they gash themselves. They rebel against me. That, that picture of people not turning to the Lord, but just wailing on their, on their beds in the midst of life's situations. Why do we feel to turn to the Lord? Well, again, a few reasons there. I think an obvious one is just that there is that remaining deadness within us. Before we became Christians, we were dead spiritually. In a sense, we, we were dead in terms of that vertical relationship with the Lord. It wasn't there. And there is that remaining deadness that we are prone to. We can harden our hearts, if you like, towards the Lord, particularly in testing. Psalm 95, 8, it's quoted again in Hebrews. Uh, The psalmist says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. In, In your trial, whatever it is today or tomorrow or this week or in the future, do, do not harden your heart. Do not deaden your response to the Lord, but turn to Him, is what the psalmist is saying. We can, we can forget. Um, for, forgetting is a, a spiritual issue. Let me give you one, one quote from Deuteronomy um, chapter 4, verse 9. Um, The Lord says, only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Keep your soul and do not forget. Forgetting is a spiritual issue. There are different things that can make us forget. Um, 
worries, the, the cares of this world. We see that in the parable of the sower. The, the cares of this world tend to strangle the seed of God's Word speaking to us. Uh, prosperity, again, the riches of this world can make us forget. We see a pattern of that in the children of Israel. Self-righteousness, I, I can handle this myself. I, I can, I, I've got my own solutions to turn to that can cause us to forget uh, and therefore, we do not turn to the Lord in the midst of life situations. Another word I've used there for, because I couldn't think of a, of, a, of, a, of a better one was compartmentalizing our lives. Um, I spoke with a friend recently who himself had been going through some uh, stresses and troubles in his workplace. And we began to talk about them and, and we began to talk about where the Lord was in the midst of this and what the Lord's Word had to say and about turning to the Lord. And I asked him, you know, do, do you ever turn to the Lord in the midst of these things in, when you're in your work and, and bring his truth to, to bear on the situation? He said, no, I, I never even thought about it. And he, he, he admitted that really for him, his working life was very compartmentalized. And then there was church life and spiritual life, if you like, failing to see that all of life is, is spiritual. We shut areas of our lives off from the Lord. We may ask, does God want to hear? That might be another reason why we fail to turn to the Lord. Would he really listen to me? Um, I'm not a good enough Christian. And, and we, we fail to remember our position in Christ and what he has done for us by grace and that therefore he hears and his ear is open to our cry. Prayer is a conversation then. How do we turn to the Lord? Um, well, we remember, first of all, that in this conversation, we do have a God who listens. Again, we've been singing of all that God has done for us. How will he not listen to the cry of these children for whom he sent a son? Psalm 22, we read it together there. He has not hidden his face from him but has listened to his cry for help. We have a father who knows what we have need of in those everyday situations. And not only have we a God who listens, but we have a God who speaks into all of life. And we could spend time on this, but just to mention, for example, 2 Peter 1.3, that, that all that pertains to life and godliness is contained for us in the promises of God. There is that there, there is a general, of course, aspect to the truth of Scripture, but that general truth apl applies specifically into every moment of your life and every situation. We must see the Word of God applying directly into the nitty-gritty of everyday life. We have a God who listens and a God who speaks. How do we pray? Brian, I think, is going to, to elaborate on this further, but we can, we can pray the prayers of Scripture. We can use Psalm, Psalm 130, out of the depths, Lord, I have cried to you. Pray that prayer when you're in trouble. Prayers of confession, I've prayed Psalm 51 many times as I've been bringing sin before the Lord. Um, and then we practice this turning to the Lord in the midst of life. Side by side is about the horizontal, it's about how we get good at everyday care, everyday one-anothering. But the horizontal starts with the vertical. We have a God who cares. We have a God who is a very present help 
in trouble, who is always there, always present, always listening, always speaking, a God, therefore, to turn to always because He is an ever-present help in your life. And my plea then to you is be alive, live, be in a living connection with this living God who is living with you in your life. Be turning to Him. Get good at turning to Jesus in the everyday moments. Live vertically. Get good at living vertically and turn to this Jesus who knows your heart and longs to hear your heart's cry. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice that even now as we are both speaking and listening, in the midst of this we have a God who is alive and real and speaking and with us. And Lord, we're conscious that we're speaking into a multitude of real-life situations in this room. Lord, may your people be assured that you are there, that you are with them, that you are speaking, that you are there to turn to. And we pray, Lord, that we would be a people who are growing in turning to the Lord in our need, knowing the richness of your presence, the richness of your presence and your promises to us, that we might grow in faith in you, and that in that we would give you honor and glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Andrew. As we were listening to you, I was thinking of all those situations this week that you've described. Uh, and maybe you're in the same situation. Today we want to make space for us to do something at the end of each session to apply it and work it through in our own heads and, and hearts. So I'm going to ask you to think for a few minutes about your own need, uh, not to tell anybody else, but just to write it down. And on the handbook, there's a notes page towards the end. And uh, as you think about your need, what would you write down or, or even just make a mental note of it? But it could be that you are in trouble, just the way the psalmist talked about, sensing that he was surrounded by trouble and you find that you're in trouble over something or that uh, God seems distant and your prayers go no further than the ceiling, uh, empty words, or that you feel perhaps disappointed or angry that something hasn't worked out the way it should. The world is not the way it should be right now. And so, take a few minutes to write down something that you are uh, confronting to think about your own need. And as you do, as you write that down, turn back to Psalm 22 that we've read together. And we've been through it. And you might want to choose a particular part of it, a verse that relates to you and, and to that situation that you've just written down that best reflects your current relationship with God at the minute. So read it. Read a verse. Stop. And we are going to allow enough time for this. And speak those words as a prayer to God. Speak to God about 
whatever it is that's on your heart. Don't worry, we're not going to be asking you to turn to your neighbor after this and tell them everything that you've written down about your heart. But what we would like you to do is take a few minutes to rewrite those words of that verse in your own words. So you might want to think about how God is distant from you at the minute and and write your own version of that or whatever that verse is from Psalm 22. So there will be a bit of time for that. As you'll see from the outline of the program, coffee is at 10 past 11. And we'll explain more about how to get it and all that. So if you're seeing the verse in Psalm 22 that talks about being thirsty and parched, hold on, it is coming. Uh, but, but let's take some action now. And at the end of this, if there is some feedback, question for Andrew, or something arising out of what you've written down, or even maybe your reshaped verse from Psalm 22 that you'd like to, to share without telling us all the details, there's certainly an opportunity to do that. So, well, call us back five minutes before coffee, but up to, up to then, please do take time now to uh, reflect. Thank you.